Father, we're so grateful and we're so thankful. Again, for the privilege and the blessing you give us to come together. But I ask you, Father, if it be your will that you would anoint this time. Pray you would take this message and this text tonight that you put on my heart. Put it on the hearts of all of your people. I pray for those whom are sick and shut in. Those whom, God, we know are bedfast. Not able to rise up and not able to join us tonight because of infirmity. I thank you, God, for the privilege you bless us with to share, to bring the Word of God to such wonderful people. But I ask you, God, if it be your will that you would allow the presence of the Holy Spirit to join us, to minister to us, and to share the love and grace, God, that you have for us throughout this time of fellowship. May God you be praised and glorified this day and each day. May you receive our humble praise and our humble prayer, Father, so that you may be glorified and exalted. I ask and I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you have your Bibles with you, you can turn with me tonight if you would to the New Testament book of Hebrews. I want to share with you how the book of Hebrews tonight. Hebrews chapter 2 is where I'm going to be. And if you would and you have your Bibles and you've turned there, uh, you can follow with me in the text. Just four verses is all I'm going to read. Very powerful verses. Verse 1 declares, Therefore, we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which We have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. Verse 2, Fourth, the word spoken by angels was steadfast, and every transgressions and disobedience received just a recompense of reward. How shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by them that heard Him? God also bearing them witness both with signs and wonders and with divers miracles and gifts of the Holy Ghost according to His own will. May God tonight bless the reading of His Word. Just four verses, but powerful verses. It speaks up our neglection of our salvation. How do we neglect our salvation? How do we omit the greatest gift that's ever been offered and given to the world? You see, the greatest gift we perceive is that through Jesus Christ and His birth. I would say amen, and that's true. But you see, the result of that sacrificial gift that God gave in the birth and the life and the death and the crucifixion and the resurrection of His Son Jesus surely is the reason that we tonight have an opportunity to receive God's salvation. The Word says, how do we neglect such a salvation? How do we neglect the great gift that God's given us? Well, the first thing that we'd all do if God asked us that question right now, and He appeared in this room in our presence, which He is, is, I haven't neglected it, Lord. 
And I think it would be hard for any of us to win such a case in court. Would you agree? Because so many times we find our lives to not be as much a recompense of the love of God as much as a neglection of the blessings that God has provided each of us. I didn't say that in any way to pick out any certain ones in this room or in this world. I surely include myself in everything I just say. But if there's one thing I know for sure, many times we take our salvation almost for granted and the great gift that God has given us. You know, it won't be much longer on the calendar that we'll celebrate the birth of Christ. We as Christian believers, we call Christmas. When we greet our friends, we look around and we wish them a Merry Christmas. And we see our friends and we also thank them for being our friends. And we exchange gifts that we buy. We exchange gifts, beloved, that we create and we make with our own hands. And sometimes our gift is as simple but as profound as walking up to someone we haven't seen in many years, putting our arms around their neck and letting them know that we love them in the name of the Lord. What a profound gift. What a gift that God offers us. You see, the Word says that we can love because God first loved us. He says in verse 1, Therefore we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. Once again, the writer is speaking of the fact that we see so many things that are given unto us, but so many times, almost like the old verbiage, uh, we let it slip through our fingers. What this text means in this verse number 1 of chapter 2 of Hebrews is exactly that, that many times what we have grasp of through the birth the resurrection and the death of Christ is a salvation of eternity, a salvation that lasts forever, a salvation that gives us the assurance as a believer of God's purest form of love as He allowed His only begotten Son to be nailed to a cross to die on behalf of our sins. The Bible tells us there's no greater love than that of a man that would lay down his life for his friends. Jesus declares in His Word in the New Testament that I no longer hold anything from you for at this point I share with you what the Father shares with me as a friend. When we look through these words in verse 2, for it says, For if the word spoken by the angels was steadfast, meaning if it was firm and if it was true, And every transgression and disobedience received just a recompense of reward. In other words, if if it's worth just one simple ounce or moment of understanding and interpretation, then verse 2 gives us a declare that it's worth the reward. Worth the reward. I know in my life I have met some people that in their mind were very famous people. I know in my life also I've met some people that I never knew who they were until after when somebody told me, do you realize who that was you were talking to? Well, I was either talking to a man or a woman. 
I was either talking to a friend or someone I didn't know very well. And I always share with them so quickly, I was just being sure that they knew the Lord, that they knew the Lord God that I speak and preach about. And you know, I see a strange look come across their face because their first idea of somebody being of statue is not someone being that that has received the covering of the blood of their sins as in salvation as much as what they've accomplished in their earthly lives. You can walk through any of the greatest and oldest and the most manicured cemeteries in this world and the dead will never speak, will never speak. And I say that for this, for this very true reality is that the dead never speak because their life should be speaking for them. Their life, your life, and mine should be speaking for us. I know many people that have gone home to be with the Lord, and every one of you in here do. Some of you have loved ones. Some of you have spouses. Some of you have brothers or sisters and sons and daughters. But you know, what you think about is not what's written on the epitaph there at the cemetery, but what you think about is what that person meant to you in life. Amen? And that's a little bit, I think, what this Scripture means to us because what it's testifying to us, beloved, is that what happens in our life and how God blesses and God utilizes the needs that we have and how He takes it and He amplifies it and how He takes it and blesses it and He allows us to use it to bless someone else. That means far more than anyone could ever etch on a gravestone. I had a Sunday school teacher one time, and she said it, I think, so well. The greatest writing on a tombstone is not a word, but a hyphen. Because that hyphen, regardless of what's on the tombstone, represents that individual's life. Between their date of birth and their date of death. That little short few inch hyphen on that stone monument represents that mark in life that you and I will make that others for as long as the Lord tarries His return will walk up and look as they visit our graves. I say that not not to be morbid, but I say that tonight because I think we as children of God, beloved, every day we need to live full of the vigor of life in God. I don't think we need to be uh, at a point where we're we're, we're beaten up or, or beaten back because of the way the world is this day and time. And surely this is a, a crazy and a chaotic world we live in. I'm sure there's a, not a one of you in this place tonight, and me included, that could have ever said if I would ask you ten years ago that gunmen could walk in schools and shoot children. If I ever told you that people would go around just because they wanted to see blood and kill innocent people and to kill innocent lives of strangers they did not even know, you would have never doubted. Today, but ten years past, it would have been something you would have never apprehended or understood, would you? Not me. I'm sure I wouldn't. Because I never thought I would live long enough to see the world become in such immorality in decline as we see today. And you know, it's not something that you've got to ask somebody about 
It's uh, something you just simply turn your television on or read your newspaper and just a few lines of text or just a few minutes watching the television or listening to the radio will tell you things that just causes your mouth to just fall open and stay there because of the moral decline in our world. I say that to say this. So many times we all look around and we wonder if we're going to offend someone with what we say. Just as I share with you, maybe would I offend someone today at the meal I was speaking of earlier, uh, uh, whether or not I would offend anyone if I pray over my meal because everyone else had already began to eat their meal before me. And I chose anyway to go ahead and take a few moments and thank God for that meal and to thank God for all those people around the table and my family and you. I don't say that to say anything except this. I wanted to fulfill what God had inspired on my heart. You see, God led me to that prayer. God leads us, beloved, every day to do what God allows us to do as believers. You see, this Hebrew writer, as he speaks here, he says, For if the word spoken by the angels was steadfast, which we know the word of God is, and every transgression and disobedience received is just a recompense of reward, how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by them that heard Him. By the Lord. Every one of us have had an opportunity this very day to open the Word of God, to read the Word of God, and even to share the Word of God with someone. We all weren't called to preach, but we've all been called as a redeemed to testify. Every one of us live our lives as a testimony before the love of God and the change in our hearts before God the day the Lord Jesus Christ forgave us of our sins. That's what God has called every one of us to do. And there's no exception to the rule anywhere in this world if God has redeemed you and saved your soul from hell. If we look further... In verse 4, it says, God also bearing them witness, both with signs and wonders and with diverse miracles and gifts of the Holy Ghost according to His own will. Every one of us in this place today, whether we confess it or not, have seen miracles through the hand of God in our lives. Every one of us have seen God move in a loved one's life or a child's life or a spouse's life at a time when we knew that if God did not intervene, if God did not speak to their soul or spirit, that there would never be any hope or promise. We've seen God move and we've seen God do miracles in every one of our lives. In the lives that we know and love of our relatives and our loved ones. So what does God say in this verse 4? It says, God also bearing them witness, both with signs and wonders and diverse miracles and gifts of the Holy Ghost according to His own will. According to whose own will? His own will. God provides. I had a pastor friend to contact me today when I was making a travel to another city and he called my phone and he said you have a minute and I said well I'm driving but 
we'll take a few minutes, and if I have to hang up, I'll let you know. And he called me and asked me to pray for someone in his church. And in the prayer need was for a little boy. And the little boy, he said, would not tell him until last night at a prayer service they were at exactly what had been troubling him for about five years. The little boy was only nine years old. But he would come up to the pastor every Sunday morning after the service. He said, Pastor, would you please pray? I have an unspoken prayer request, and God knows all about it. Doesn't that sound mature to you in Christ? And that's all the little boy would ever say. And he would ask the pastor to stop right there. Could you take hold of my hand, pastor? Could you pray for my unspoken need now? Please. And the pastor said he was always faithful to pray for that little boy's need, even though he never knew what it was. Anyway, he found out last night what that need was. His mother and his father had both announced to their two children that they were being divorced. And for some five years, this little man had been asking this pastor to pray for his mom and dad's marriage. He said, I can't afford to lose one of them because, Pastor, I love them both, the pastor told me. They say I'll see them both, but they say it might be a week or two apart. And he made the comment, the pastor said, it broke his heart. Can you please pray for my mom and my daddy that they'll let Jesus put them back together again? Now, when I heard that today, I want you to know my heart broke because that little man knew more about trusting God than many of us in this room tonight as an adult know about trusting God. He wanted to see God work and do a miracle in his mom's and dad's marriage. pastor said he had no idea what was going on in the marriage because he had never seen no outward signs of any problems. But he assured me, as humble as that little boy was, and as quick as that little boy was last night to have prayer for his mom and dad, He said he knew it meant everything to the little boy. He told him he would pray for him, and he did pray for him there at the spot, right there at the altar last night at their prayer meeting in their church. And I asked the pastor this question. Continued to pray for that mom and that dad. Continue to pray for that little young man. He told the pastor something you'll never hear from a nine-year-old's lips. He said, Pastor, he said, I don't want anything for Christmas except for my family to be together. He said, I asked for a basketball but I want my dad so much more than a basketball. 
He said, I wanted some other things, but I want my mom a lot more than I do those things. And the pastor mentioned basketball and a few other child toys. Nothing big. He said, Pastor, would you pray that my family can be together for Christmas? I'm going to be honest with you. It broke me down because of one primary reason. I have been in my life, as well as every one of us, beloved, been so selfish what we ask God for. I pray for God to provide material things in my life. I pray to God for finances in the lives of myself and others. I pray to God to allow me to have a closer and nearer walk with Him as I do the lives of others. But you see, as a nine-year-old boy, I never had the concern this pastor has for this young man's life. He wants his mom and dad to be together for Christmas. And you know, if that wasn't enough, pastor told me, he told me the little boy said that he prayed last night after church and God was going to answer his prayer. Now, when the pastor said that, my heart split because I'm hearing a pastor tell me about a nine-year-old boy going through the greatest crisis that a child should never bear, yet he has the faith to believe in God where if he prays and asks believing that God will answer his prayers, that is a faith, surely, greater than any mustard seed that you and I may bear. The pastor said, you've got to help me pray for him because it's going to take God to work it out because it will take a miracle. And I told the pastor, by faith, I'll be praying. But I want to share that with you tonight because I think it ties so beautiful into this Scripture. Because it speaks of our salvation and it speaks of our beliefs and it speaks of how great a salvation it says in verse 3 and about the confirmation of it in the latter part of verse 3. And if we go into the latter part of verse 4, it says the gifts of the Holy Ghost according to His own will. God's own will. Beloved, there's no greater prayer that you can pray than for God's will to be accomplished in your life or someone else's life. There's no greater prayer you can pray. You see, if we pray for what we want or we pray for what we feel like is always right, so many times we get it so wrong. Do we understand God's answer to prayer each time in our life? No, we never will. You see, just as the Bible says, we look through a dim glass. All we see, beloved, is just a portion of a picture of life. And God sees eternity. And the glory of His name. I don't know about you, but on December the 24th and December 25th, 
one of my primary prayer focuses is going to be for that little boy's mom and dad's marriage. I want to hear that pastor call and say his mom and dad through Christ worked it out. They worked it out because they're both trusting in the Lord to help them. All because of the heart and the faith and the belief and the prayers of a little nine-year-old boy that wanted a mom and a dad for his Christmas present. I want to close with this, and I want to say these words, and please take it as God provides. We need to pray for the true things in life. We need to pray for the things that matter the most in life. The Bible speaks so clearly about the fact that while we're living and while we're on this earth, we need not to be laying up treasures here, but in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves cannot break in and steal. But treasures laid up in heaven are the things that you do for the glory of God that God receives the glory for. Not you or not me. Would you bow your heads with me for a closing prayer and invitation? Father, I'm thankful. I'm so grateful to be able to open and share to expound on this blessed Word that I hold in my hands. But God, I'm thankful most of all to know tonight that You live in my heart. That You guide my path and my light of my day surely comes from the face of God. Father God, I pray just as we pray for this little boy and the mending of the marriage and the mending of the home of his mother and father at this special time of year. I pray for all across our great land, Father, that our nation would turn away from the wicked ways and turn back unto God. Lord, allow us to have a heart to pray for those such as this little boy's needs and to pray earnestly, God, and pray just as this young man is praying. Pray believing by faith. God, would You help us? God, would You lead us? Lord, I know Your Word declares that there's times in our lives and sometimes our burdens are so great that we cannot even utter the words, but rather the utterances are offered up in heaven as our words of prayer. Lord, allow our groans and our utterances this day, this hour, this moment to be efficacious to reach the righteous throne of God. Lord, I would pray that you would touch and bless each and every one that's here tonight. I would pray for each one as they prepare to leave from this service and go about their own ways and the remainder of their day. That you would just allow us all until the next appointed hour, God, to be faithful to pray 
and to lift and exalt your precious name, Father. I thank you, Lord, for answering prayer in so many lives in this place. I thank you, God, for answering prayer in advance as you bring this family back home together in Christ. Have your right of way, your will, and your peace, Father God, in our hearts. And Lord, we'll give you praise and glory for all. We ask it all, we pray. In the name lifted high and above all names, we ask it tonight, Father God, in Jesus' name. Amen. This concludes tonight's live worship service. We pray that by the power of the Holy Spirit, each one listening has been blessed through the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. We invite you to join us back again next week for another live outreach worship service as we together continue praising Jesus Christ. Those tonight who have made decisions to follow Christ, desiring additional biblical resources, or anyone with special prayer concerns are personally invited to visit the Praising Jesus ministry website. The web address is www.praisingjesus.org. That address again is www.praisingjesus.org. We want to thank each of you tonight for listening. We invite you back again next week as together we seek God to guide, mold, and speak to our hearts and lives through the power of the Holy Spirit. Good night and may God bless each of you is my prayer.